0: I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I think the trailer for Natural Born Killers said it best, so I'm just going to start with that. First, the trailer names previous Oliver Stone films. As they are projected onto a waving American flag, a powerful voice simply reads the titles. Platoon, Wall Street, Born on the Fourth of July, JFK. This powerful voice then lets us all know that Oliver Stone's vision has changed the way we saw our past. Now, he takes a look at where we are and where we're going, and you will be shocked at what he sees then after a montage of the film and the names of the cast woody looks right into the camera and says you ain't seen nothing yet like the words were coming right out of oliver himself only a film directed by oliver stone can be advertised this way confidently stating that this is the guy who almost changes the world with every production and you know what they're not totally wrong Whether you like his work or not, it cannot be denied that most of Oliver Stone's filmography is full of work that can be considered more than just a movie. When Oliver Stone makes a film, it's an event, a conversation, a question, and for some, an answer. He may not have a magic bullet, but Oliver Stone definitely has a magic camera. And yes, the dude is well into his 70s, so of course he ain't gonna be the same filmmaker as he was back in the day. But his work, his style, and him as a human person have changed. And we want to look at what caused that, you know? What happened? Uh, excuse me, what the f*** happened? So yeah, what the f- happened to Oliver Stone? Shit, man. I'm a natural-born killer. I just want to take this time to say thank you for watching, please like, share, and subscribe. Make sure you click that bell to get those notifications if you like this kind of stuff. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the f*** happened to Oliver Stone, we must start at the beginning, and the beginning began when he was born on his birthday. New York City, 1946. At the age of 20 years old, Oliver Stone signed on the dotted line to join the United States Army, and actually requested active duty combat in Vietnam. During his service, he was wounded twice and received the Purple Heart Award, as well as the Bronze Star for Valor, as well as several other medals for his service. Whether you love him or hate him, there can be no denying that Oliver Stone is a true American hero. He got back from Nam, went to NYU, learned about films, and then made some films. In 1974, Oliver Stone made his theatrical directorial debut with the horror film Seizure. He also directed a box office bomb called The Hand, starring Michael Caine's hand. But it was Stone's next gig that would make a name for himself, as he would win the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay in 1978 for the film Midnight Express. He wrote it. I'm deeply honored." So from 1982 to 1985, Oliver Stone would focus on what had been proven to be his biggest strength yet. Writing. Helping type out the screenplays for such classics as Conan the Barbarian, Year of the Dragon, 8 Million Ways to Die, and Scarface. But Oliver Stone would have his true breakout year in 1986 when he produced, wrote, and directed, Salvador. The first film directed by Oliver that generated positive reviews, with critics praising Oliver Stone's unflinching dedication to the material. The Academy would also take notice by nominating Oliver Stone's screenplay for best screenplay, written directly for the screen, and it truly is a heartbreaking and powerful film people started to see that Oliver Stone was a filmmaker with something to say. Come on, cocksucker! You're gonna have to fucking kill me! You ain't fucking taking me alive, motherfuckers! Come on! Come on! Ah! And then there was Platoon, starring Charlie Sheen, as like a second-generation apocalypse now, I guess. And you know what they say. They say if you're gonna write a script, write what you know. And for Oliver Stone, what he knew was the horror of war, Platoon took home Best Picture in 1987, as well as Oliver Stone winning Best Director. Platoon would cost $6 million but pulled in a massive $138.5 million, and has been hailed as a masterpiece by nearly everyone who's seen it. It was a hectic hella shoot, and was so real that it triggered Oliver Stone's PTSD. War films have never been the same since Platoon, and that's actually a great thing this right here is pretty much the first time the world got to see with fresh eyes from a veteran what it was like or at least as close as cinema will allow 1987 would see Stone write and direct another classic Wall Street this made 44 million dollars off a 16 million dollar budget yeah, money, greed is good, I, I think, that's what I'm told. Critics would praise Oliver Stone's unflinching willingness to delve into the shady world of the stock market, winning Michael Douglas a well-deserved Best Actor and Daryl Hannah a well-deserved Razzie. Oliver Stone would next tackle the controversial world of talk radio in the film, Talk Radio in 1988. The film, taking inspiration from a true-life assassination of a talk radio host, received mostly positive reviews, with critics again praising Oliver Stone's ability to tackle such dark material in such a well-crafted manner, winning a silver bear at the Berlin International Film Festival. I don't want to hear anymore! Stop talking! Stone's next film would be his second of his unofficial Vietnam War trilogy, Born on the Fourth of July. Proving once again that when it comes to war films, Oliver Stone is in a league by himself. He would again win Best Director at the Oscars, with the film also being nominated for Best Picture. Also being nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Actor. This one made over 160 million buckaroos worldwide at the box office. And once again Oliver Stone brings us an intense visual masterpiece that asks tough questions about the cost of war. The truth is whole generation of In 1991, Oliver Stone would light our fires with the Jim Morrison biopic, The Doors, with Val Kilmer transforming into Jim Morrison. The film was praised for the acting, but some pesky critics said that Oliver Stone's style was a little over the top. The Doors didn't make much money, but at this stage in his career, you could see with every film he made, Oliver Stone began to embrace chaos in his camera work and editing. And The Doors definitely opened The Doors for his frantic stylization in his next projects. Next up would be one of the most divisive films ever made, JFK. The film is an over three hour long depiction of what some say may be the true story of the aftermath of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy and the alleged government cover up and this was met with mostly positive reviews. And even if those pesky critics didn't quite agree with the conspiracy theories that Stone was presenting, everyone respected the craftsmanship of the film. Oliver Stone called making this film, especially the assassination sequences, one of the hardest things he ever did in his life. And the dude went to war, so that's saying something. JFK would go on to be nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, and would win Best Cinematography and Best Editing. It went on to make over 200 million dollars. This film actually led to the Assassination Disclosure Act after Oliver Stone showed it to Congress. So yeah, movies can actually, you know, make a difference. And the controversy surrounding the film has never died down, as it is still talked about to this very day, like how I'm talking about it now, on this very day. Back and to the left. In 1993, Oliver Stone would release the last of his Vietnam War trilogy with the box office bomb, Heaven and Earth. This time taking the point of view of a young Vietnamese woman during the war. Critics said Heaven and Earth was a little lacking compared to the strength of his earlier films, but Oliver Stone still cries every time he watches it. 1994 would see Oliver Stone truly return to controversial filmmaking with the film Natural Born Killers. This film was meant as a piece of social commentary on the irresponsible glorification of crime by the media, and it was based on a script by Quentin Tarantino. But Quentin Tarantino absolutely hates what Oliver Stone did with it. Natural Born Killers would be a box office hit with over $110 million on a $34 million budget, and this has been called the most expensive experimental film ever made. And Oliver Stone was definitely experimenting on set with different types of cameras and drugs. And all those drugs can definitely be felt with every viewing. Watching Natural Born Killers too many times will make you go insane. And unfortunately, it has been accused of influencing some real-life crimes. But yeah, if you killed someone because you thought natural-born killers told you to, then you completely missed the point of the movie. It's actually very complex and symbolic. It's the most violent anti-violence film ever made. And that climactic prison riot scene is absolutely unbelievable. Especially since it was filmed in a real prison with real inmates who were in for real violent crimes. But Oliver Stone, he don't give a f- Even very recently, Mr. Stone has compared natural-born killers to the current state of mainstream media, giving Fox News and CNN as examples, claiming that the media has an obsession with true crime and our society has a fixation on violence, just like his movie. Oliver Stone's next film would be on another president. This time, it was everybody's favorite president, Nixon, (laughs) with Anthony Hopkins. The film would receive four Academy Award nominations, including one for Stone for original screenplay. And while critics called this one engrossing and well-acted, audiences weren't that interested in seeing a three-hour-long biopic on Nixon. But it's a good movie, y'all. President, Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Thank you. Oliver Stone would return in 1997 with the box office bomb U-turn, which he kind of did a U-turn in his filmography. Yes, this one does have the same vibrant energy of an Oliver Stone film, but it just doesn't feel like an Oliver Stone film. And that's so, Oliver Stone. U-turn is actually on a much smaller scale which Oliver Stone did to escape the hopelessness of Holly Weir. This one's actually pretty interesting, has a great cast, but horrid reviews did lead to a Razzie nomination for Worst Director, Oliver Stone. (laughs) Next, the man who showed us the raw, wild insanity of the battlefield would do the same with the football field with any given sunday in 1999 which made over 100 million buckaroos it's a film about the dark sketchy controversial world of professional football americano this one does not hold back one bit it shows you all the sex drugs and rock and roll and uh, the everything else that comes with throwing a ball professionally. Of course, the NFL wanted nothing to do with this wild and crazy ride of a movie. Critics called this film a return to form for Oliver Stone, with him still embracing his fast-paced, trippy, JFK, natural-born killers, drug-fueled craziness. It's an editing style that he compares to cubism and Picasso. But it seems like Oliver Stone was hitting those mind-altering substances a bit too much, and in that year, 1999, Oliver Stone was arrested on drug and alcohol charges, and in lieu of jail time, he was ordered to go to rehab. A few years later in 2004, we would finally get to see another Oliver Stone movie, as he would take on the sword and sandals genre with his historical epic Alexander. Once again, controversy arose with alleged historical inaccuracies and issues with the depiction of Alexander's sexuality. However, all that controversy was overshadowed by just how bad the movie turned out to be. Alexander was not so great. Everyone is trying their best, I guess, and I respect Oliver Stone for taking risks here, but Alexander is a little too much. It was like a pink battle scene, and I f***ing hate that CGI eagle. The film did make a solid 167.3 million dollars, but with a whopping 155 million dollar budget, it was ultimately deemed a failure. And over the years, Oliver Stone would re-edit, re-release this confusing mess a countless number of times. I've actually lost count on how many extended director's cuts there are of this movie. And each one is not great. In 2005, he was arrested again for possession of an undisclosed illegal drug. He was fined $100 and has not had any legal trouble since. Good for you, Oliver. In 2006, many people would get very worried when it was announced that Oliver Stone would be tackling the subject matter of the terrorist attack on September 11th, 2001, with the film World Trade Center. Many, many people rightly feared that the controversial filmmaker would bring some of those hot takes into a film about a still very recent world-altering tragedy, especially with fellow crazy person Nicolas Cage attached People were very worried. We were not sure what we were getting with this one. And we were not sure that the world was ready. It had only been a few years since the real attack. But the film, World Trade Center, it actually turned out to be a respectful, non-political film about heroism and bravery. So this Oliver Stone film was controversial for not being that controversial, actually. Which is so Oliver Stone. It made $163.2 million worldwide. In 2008, we would see Oliver Stone step back into the political world with his take on the 43rd President of the United States, George W. Bush. With Thanos himself taking on the role of W, in the film W. Critics were split down the middle of this film, some loved this political satire, but at times it did feel like an expensive SNL skit. But the cast is great, it just might have been a little too soon to turn his camera on this president who was like still in office. Sometimes you need to let history, you know, sit there and breathe. But many people liked that Oliver Stone treated W as a human being. And many people hated that, too. And God bless America. Oliver Stone would then return to the world of greed being good with the sequel to Wall Street called Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, in 2010. This movie actually made a lot of money, a respectable $134.7 million, but it simply could not meet the critical heights of its Oscar-winning predecessor. Everyone was just expecting it to be a little better. Shia could not save this one. In 2012, Oliver Stone would tackle the world of the Mexican drug cartels with savages. Critics called it too messy. But it's fun, and it doesn't exactly feel like an Oliver Stone movie, but it does have its moments, and it has two endings. So yeah, you know, it's, it's... It's savage. Then in 2015 came the stoner comedy Oliver Stone, which Oliver Stone had absolutely nothing to do with. (laughs) Oliver Stone would then try to make a movie about Martin Luther King Jr. starring Jamie Foxx. But when that project fell apart, Oliver Stone was looking around for biopics and decided to bring to the screen the story of controversial figure Edward Snowden with the film, Snowden, in 2016. And I loved it, and I thought that Oliver Stone was the perfect storyteller for this type of story. He's the right man for the job, just like Edward Snowden. But proving that the world doesn't really care about Edward Snowden, sorry, Edward, the film only managed to make 37.3 million off a $40 million budget. Oliver Stone blames the 2016 election on this film not being advertised properly whatever that means my name is edward joseph snowden in recent years oliver stone has moved into the documentary world with not just his highly respected history of the united states series but also with his four-part documentary series the putin interviews where oliver stone interviews Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Whoa. But this was not the first time that Oliver Stone had sat down and somewhat befriended a controversial world leader that has been labeled tyrannical. Oliver Stone actually made a few films that I like to call dictator documentaries. Films like South of the Border and Mi Amigo Hugo, featuring his amigo, Hugo Chavez, and Comandante, with his other amigo, Fidel Castro. Many people think that Oliver Stone should not have given these men an opportunity to talk on camera. But Oliver Stone's response to filming these horrible humans is actually very interesting. He says that if these are the people that we are calling the enemy, then we should understand the enemy. So, yeah, it's basically the art of war meets the art of cinema. Maybe. (laughs) In the year 2021, Oliver Stone returned to the world of JFK, with the documentary JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass, calling it an important bookend to his 1991 film, JFK. So even today, Oliver Stone is still trying to crack the case of what the happened on that grassy knoll. Conspiracy theories are now conspiracy facts. What more can be said, Oliver Stone is a controversial person. He is a man who has never hidden his politics or beliefs, but while many consider him a left-leaning lefty, he does not have an allegiance to any political party. And we'll go after anyone and everyone, from Obama and Joe Biden to Bush and Trump, appearing on everything from CNN to Fox News, and willing to sit down with everyone, from Colbert to Rogan and any tyrant of his choosing. It's a thing that a conspiracy theorist really looks to. I don't use that word. I think truth seeker is much more... Okay, often... we'll forget about that, that word. But regardless of whether you support his political views or not, you cannot deny the talent and skill that he brings to his films. It must be respected that he never pulls any punches in his work. If he has something to say, he will say it. Whether you like it or not, gosh darn it. This man has a vision. This man has a voice, and this man has truly left his mark on cinema. This divisive filmmaker is also a true blue American hero who has used his experiences to create some of the best war films ever made. Now Oliver Stone uses a camera to shoot, and has turned those cameras onto the society and the organizations that sent him to war in the first place in today's world there is no shortage of controversial subjects to tackle onto the big screen and if ever there was a filmmaker capable of crafting a pull-no-punches political story that shines a light directly into the eyes of our society it is Oliver Stone so thank you for your films Thank you for your service and thanks for the controversies. So nobody should give a f- about what the f*** happened to Oliver Stone because he's doing just fine.